Hey, I've got some exciting news for you. For nearly a decade, the Social Media Marketing Society has been helping marketers like you to keep up with the changing times. This is our private community just for marketers, and the doors are open right now. When you join, you get access to ongoing training and become part of a welcoming community of marketers who are just like you. Learn more at smmarketingsociety.com. Again, smmarketingsociety.com. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here is your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by Social Media Examiner. We believe that with smart marketing, you can compete with the largest players in your industry. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what works with social media. Today, I'm going to be joined by Elise Dharma, and we're going to talk about Instagram content strategy and how to create one without burning out. I think you're absolutely going to love it. And by the way, I'm at Stelzner on Instagram. And if you're new to this podcast, be sure to follow this show so you don't miss any of our future content. Is your blog missing out on valuable Google search traffic? Are you spending hours creating amazing content and you get crickets? You need a guide, someone to help you discover actionable SEO and traffic building tactics that actually work. And your solution is the Blogging Millionaire podcast with Brandon Gailey. Brandon gets more than 5 million monthly visitors from over 100,000 first page Google rankings. He knows what he's talking about. When you apply what you'll learn, you'll start to see every blog post compete for a first page ranking. You'll get tons of free traffic and start to see your business head in the right direction with every post you make. His listeners have gone from 10,000 to 100,000 visitors a month using his techniques. Open your podcast app right now and do a search for Blogging Millionaire to find Brandon's show. Then follow his podcast and commit to downloading the last five episodes. The show has had more than 500 five-star ratings. You support this show by checking out our sponsors. And now for this week's interview with Elise Dharma. Helping you to simplify your social safari. Here is this week's expert guide. Today, I'm very excited to be joined by Elise Dharma. If you don't know who Elise is, she's an Instagram strategist and creator of Social Bank, a course that helps businesses sell more on Instagram by doing less. She's also created The Vaults, done for you ideas for Instagram content. Elise, welcome back to the show. Thanks so much, Mike. I love being back here. Thanks for having me. Well, today, Elise and I are going to explore Instagram content strategy that'll help you avoid burnout. Now, Elise, there's so many of my listeners that are using Instagram, but they are maybe disenfranchised by all the changes that have been happening on Instagram and concern that TikTok is like lurking in the background, trying to steal away attention from Instagram. So for those that are maybe not sure about the future of Instagram and why they ought to be focused on it, what do you want to say to them? 
It's a valid question. It's one that I've had to ask myself, especially over the last one to two years where we've seen TikTok take off. And it is lurking in the background. TikTok does want Instagram users. So as a business owner or as someone who works for a business, you do need to look at where you can put your efforts. Where are you going to get the most bang for your buck? And yes, I'm biased because I am an Instagram marketer and educator, but it's my belief that Instagram is still the best place to make sales today as a business, even with less than a thousand followers. And I can't say the same about TikTok, not today anyway. TikTok is amazing as an entertaining platform. We've seen that happen over the last 18 to 24 months. But in my opinion, Instagram is the best place for a business owner to invest in because it has way more features and tools compared to TikTok that are perfect for businesses. And we've seen Adam Masseri, the head of Instagram, share quite a bit more about what's going on behind the scenes. He refers to creators. Instagram is prioritizing creators. They really want to help creators make a living through their platform. When he says creators, I think of my audience, business owners, people who work for corporate companies, agency owners, freelancers, all of those great people. Instagram is investing in features to help creators make money off of its platform. So for example, desktop publishing just came out last year. You can now post a video, an image all through your desktop, which I think is great. I'm more of a desktop person. I don't like poking around on my phone. And I think that's their way of appealing more towards a corporate person. We also have SEO abilities now. So your posts can be found simply by keywords you use in the caption, even outside of your hashtags. So in that way, it's becoming more of a search engine. Then we have DMs, direct messages, which have been amazing for businesses for years. That isn't news because in DMs, you can send links, videos, voice notes, you know, all these things that actually Instagram is prioritizing this year, according to Adam Masseri. So these are features you just don't see on TikTok. Then we also have stories, which are amazing for audience engagement and closing sales, especially using stickers and stories. They are the best for engagement and sales. Then last year, we also got the link sticker for everyone. So this was a bit of a controversial topic for Instagram for many years because to get the swipe up feature, you needed 10,000 followers. Well, now that's no longer anyone can get the link sticker regardless of their follower number, meaning in their stories, they can share a link to an external link. And then of course we have reels and video in general. We know that Instagram is doubling down on its video content efforts. And that is probably a result of TikTok because they're competitive now. So in my opinion, Instagram is still the best place to invest in because as a business, you can leverage all these tools that I just mentioned as you're growing from 500 followers to 600 to 700 to 800 to 1,000, I have students and clients who make sales even before they hit 1,000 followers. And that's just not something you get with TikTok. Yeah. And on top of this, you've got the Facebook ad ecosystem, which a lot of people really love. So you can use that ecosystem to tap in to advertise on Instagram. And TikTok's ecosystem isn't nearly as advanced and you've got DM automation, right? Mm -hmm. So finally they've opened up the API on Instagram direct messaging so that you can set up automation. So TikTok is definitely hot. Instagram is the more robust platform and there's so many things that you can do with it. 
I don't think a certain demographic is just going to flop on over to TikTok. I particularly think the demographic that grew up with Instagram is probably going to stick with Instagram. And my guess is the next generation that's growing up with TikTok might stick with TikTok. But I think there's a long and viable opportunity for both of these platforms. And thank you so much for that high level overview. I would love to transition now into your strategy. So at a very high level, what is your strategy specifically when it comes to content? Because I feel like so many of us are playing this like squirrel game, right? Where there's a new feature out every, it seems like a couple of weeks and we just rush to it, but we're not super strategic about what we do. So I would love to hear what your strategy is. Mm -hmm. I shared this question with my team today. I said, hey, what would you say is our strategy for Instagram? And I kind of laughed because maybe there's a perception that I'm very much a planner and I know what I'm going to post, but I'm really not. I'm not a natural planner. I wouldn't even say visionary. You know how CEOs always say they're the visionary of the company? That's not really a natural skill set of mine. I remember being in my nine to five day job and we had to take a personality test. And being a task oriented person was my number one top skill, like just grinding through the day to day of getting things done. Right. Being a visionary was my lowest ranking skill. So if this is something you can relate to at all, you don't have to worry. You don't have to feel like Instagram is going to be a headache. You don't have to have it all planned out. And this is something that I have learned over the years because, again, I'm not a natural planner. So here's how I plan my content in loose terms when it comes to Instagram. So the very first thing I do, and this is something I learned from my coach, but the very first thing I do, especially when I'm looking at my plan for the year, is I look at what weeks or months that I want to block time off for myself personally. And this has taken me years to get to this point. You know, in the early years of being an entrepreneur, you're hustling quite a bit. And then you might go through experiences of feeling burned out. And I definitely have. So now when I'm planning my year or my Instagram content, the very first thing I do is look at which weeks of the year I want to block off for my vacations, for time off. Actually, to be honest, this year I want to take off the entire month of August. I don't know if it's going to be possible, but I'm planning now to take four weeks off. So that's the very first thing I do. Once I know when I want to chill, when I want to take time off, then I'll look at my year calendar and I'll block off when I want to run a promotion. So a launch, a flash sale, whatever it might be. So I know now after having run a couple promotions for a few years, I know generally when are good seasons for our business to run a launch or a promotion. So I'm going to pencil that into the calendar. And they can be a lot of work. So I don't do too many, maybe three, maybe four most. So one promotion a quarter is generally how I try to plan it. Once I know when I want to run the promotion, I'll block that off in my calendar. So those are the key anchors, knowing when I'm going to take time off and knowing when I'm going to run a promotion. From there, that's when I'm going to work backwards. So I'm going to look at my promotion. And for the six weeks leading up to that promotion, I'm going to plan out my Instagram content to warm my audience up to whatever the topic is of that promotion. So that's what I mean by working backwards. I know when I'm going to launch Social Bank, for example. So for the six weeks before Social Bank, I'm going to make sure the topics I'm talking about on Instagram relate to some of my core messages with that course, with that program. And then once I know, again, 
where my launches are going to happen and then what my content's going to be for the six weeks before every single launch. Obviously, there's going to be gaps in between promotions. So what do you do? Yes, you can go ahead and try to fill in those blanks in advance. But here's what I do. I leave it free. I leave it free and open for exploration because it's really hard to predict, especially as an Instagram marketer, you know, for three weeks in October, what we should be talking about. Who knows what might happen with Instagram? Instagram might come out with a new feature like it did with Reels, and that changed the game. So I do like to have a general idea of content themes that I can share in between promotions, but generally I leave it free and open to explore, which is important for me, especially because the platform that I talk about a lot tends to change frequently. So I know that might be a little unorthodox. A lot of CEOs really latch on to the idea of having their entire year planned out perfectly in advance. But for me, it doesn't really suit my nature, my personality, and it's not really how social media works. You can have a rough plan, but just be open to adapting and being flexible depending on what happens in the year. Well, first of all, I love the fact that you have a plan because I'm here to tell you that I think most people do not have an Instagram plan. They don't. (laughs) They might have a quote unquote marketing plan, but it doesn't necessarily involve the kinds of things that we're talking about. And by the way, I just want to summarize. So the first thing you said is you start by blocking time off when you know you're going to want to take time off, vacations, other personal related activities that are going on during the year. Then you look at when your promotions are going to be and you basically decide when they're going to be. And then you kind of work backwards based on when those promotional cycles are going to be like, you're going to need this many weeks to lead up to that. Mm -hmm. And then you've got gaps that are open and we're going to talk about all this. Mm -hmm. So let's start with the reason why you plan out kind of the year at a macro level, because like I said earlier, and you said earlier too, you said you're not really a planner. (laughs) (laughs) So why did you even start doing this? Yeah, it's kind of my dirty little secret. I feel like there's this assumption that as a CEO who manages different projects and different people, you must be really good at planning, but I'm just not in that big picture view and I'm embracing my strength, which is to plan for the short term. And so as much as we'll plot out our year, again, we do keep it somewhat flexible and I'm highly focused on the next quarter ahead of me. That's where I thrive. I can plan out this month, next month, and maybe the month after that, that's where I thrive. And it's been a journey to get to this point. I started as a solopreneur back in 2013. I've been a full-time entrepreneur since 2014. So that's what, seven years. And I think I'm the type of person who has always been very driven, very motivated, and I will accomplish a goal at any cost. Like, I was the high school person who got straight A's. I remember getting a B plus on a paper in grade five and I cried. I just had this immense pressure on myself to be a perfect student. And that pressure served me well in my 20s, especially as an entrepreneur. I was very driven and, you know, even my team members and contractors would say, you really deliver a lot of content. You output a lot. But... I'm in my 30s now, mid 30s. And I think that has caught up with me. My physicality has changed and I just can't run off of adrenaline anymore. And this really hit me in the middle of 2020 
where we had been creating my course Social Bank for the prior three months. We built it from the ground up. So it was a huge undertaking. And we were approaching the finish line of creating this course and leading up to a launch. And we had a grand launch planned. We were going to do a five-day challenge. I was going to do two webinars. It was going to be like a three-week long event. It was going to be great. But then I just felt so ill. Physically ill or just like you like lacked motivation? It was both, but the physical part is what really surprised me. I was working on the West Coast. My team was on the East Coast. So I was getting up early. And I remember waking up at seven, which is early for me, drinking a coffee, trying to like wake up. And you know, when you drink too much coffee, you kind of have that sick feeling in your stomach. It was like I had that all the time. And I could see myself on meetings and I was just grumpy. I just looked miserable. And now that this launch was around the corner, I just didn't even want to do it. I had really lost my motivation to do it. And I remember mid-June, I had a brand photo shoot planned. It was an intense day, five or six outfit changes. You know, I looked great. And then the next day, I completely crashed. I could not get out of bed. My whole face was puffy. My eyes were puffy. I took a photo of myself just because I was shocked at how I looked. So different from one day to the next. And I felt terrible. And that was the day that I got on a call with my team and I said, I just can't do this. I don't know what's wrong with me, but something is wrong with me. And I think I'm close to burnout. And looking back, I think I'm pretty lucky to have caught it at that point. I've heard of stories of entrepreneurs, you know, going to the hospital or having panic attacks. I caught it and I kind of had a feeling it had to do with my caffeine intake because I was drinking coffee and it had no effect on me whatsoever. So when that morning happened, I went on a coffee cleanse. I stopped drinking coffee and that was a journey in and of itself, but it really did help my adrenals. I believe that there were issues with my cortisol levels and I had to chill after that. So that was a major learning experience for me. And up to that point, I would imagine you didn't have much plan. You were just like, bring it on. I'm a beast. I'll get it done. Right. Is that how it works? Yeah. Like we had been running our YouTube channel since May of 2018, never missed a week. You know, we were posting consistently. It was rare that I missed posting on Instagram for a long period of time. We were publishing a blog post once a week. It was just like, go, go, go. And I finally hit my wall that summer. So that has changed the way we plan for content now. So what did you do differently after you realized something has to change? I completely changed the launch plan. So we called off the challenge and I basically handed the reins over to my team. I was very fortunate to have three amazing, almost full-time team members with me who I trusted. And we had a project manager on our team, a copywriter and our customer support person. So I handed the reins to them. I said, I can't do this launch as big as we had planned. What I can do is do one live co-working class as I called it, or webinar, but I treated it like a co-working class. I said, I will go live once. I will teach people new content from this course that we just created. And then I'm going to let you all run the rest of the launch. And I was scared to share that with them. I was afraid of looking weak. How did they respond? They were thrilled. (laughs) They were like, yes, give it to us. We can handle it. They were concerned. They wanted to make sure I was taking time off. So I had a few rules implemented, like no alarms set. So I was sleeping in. Sometimes I would sleep nine hours, which 
I didn't even know it was really possible at that time, but I would sleep <laughs> nine hours. I wouldn't have coffee. So I would be a sloth up until like two o'clock in the afternoon. It took a while for my body to naturally reset, but they were so thrilled. And honestly, I saw them thriving without me. It was kind of a blessing in disguise because I chilled. My fiance and I, we rented a car and we drove. We were in Vancouver at the time. So we drove to the neighboring province. We went through the Rocky Mountains. I basically took a vacation while the team ran this launch and I gave them free reign. We had Savannah writing our emails. We had Kaylee designing our social media graphics and I let them post whatever they wanted to do. And so it changed the game for me after that. I realized that I had been holding on to this false sense of control that I had to have my hands in everything until that day happened when I realized that I just could not do it. That's why today in our strategy, I make sure to leave space for creativity. We do create these containers of time, like once a week as a team, we'll scroll through TikTok or we'll scroll through Instagram and we'll look for reels and we'll see if they spark ideas and we'll plan them out for me to make. You know, like we create these hour blocks to brainstorm, but we also have to leave some room for creativity because... As I learned, I can't control every aspect. So that was my big, big takeaway from 2021. It was the summer of last year. Yeah. Yeah. So first of all, thanks for sharing that story. I know a lot of people listening are going to relate to your story. And now that you're on the other side of it, you know, obviously the stuff we shared earlier is your way of tackling this, right? First and foremost, block some time off for yourself. Let's talk about the types of content you do when you are in promo, because I think a lot of people are going to be really fascinated by this. So, you know, there's a promo coming up, could be your product or some hypothetical product. Like what kind of content do you create at the various stages when you're doing a promo? Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is definitely where our planning comes into play, where I was mentioning the six weeks of warm up to a launch. So what I call that is our pre promo content. So it, it's kind of the content where you want to focus on a lot of education and you want to focus on meeting your follower where they are at in terms of their mindset, in terms of any myths they believe that relate to your industry. So one type of reel that I made leading up to a promotion we ran in the fall, which was for a new program of mine called Take It to the Bank. So this program was all about getting people to use Instagram to grow their audience so that they could launch a Black Friday offer to their new followers. Mm. So that's the big picture. So what I focused on was I realized that my audience had a lot of negative connotations with running a Black Friday promotion. You know, it's noisy, it's oversaturated, I don't want to slash my prices. So the content, the pre-promo content focused on education. So one type of reel I made, which I would classify as an education type of reel, and this is something you can take note of when you're planning out pre-promo content. But what I did was in a five-second reel, I shared on screen how much money was being spent every year on Black Friday. And my point was to show that every year it was consistently going up. Another type of video that I created was more so on mindset reframes. So I shared a video on why Black Friday is an amazing opportunity for businesses and not something to ignore because it's noisy. Wait, just to be clear on that one, explain a little bit more on that mindset one. 
Yep. The things that I realized my audience believed about Black Friday, like it's too noisy. It's not worth my effort. I'm not going to be seen. I don't want to slash my prices. Every single one of those points I put on screen and I shared with them a new belief or a reframe that they could have when it relates to all of those beliefs that they might have. Give us an example. Yeah, go ahead. Yes, for example. So the big thing is, is people believe for Black Friday, you have to slash your prices. You have to take 50% off. Instead, what I offered my audience is the fact that, hey, I don't slash my prices, but here's what I do do. When I run a Black Friday promotion, I will create a bundle or I will throw in new bonuses. So these bonuses are a limited time offer that you get with this product, but only if you buy during this Black Friday season. Mm. And I love adding in bonuses because it doesn't hurt you know, students or customers who have purchased in the past, in fact, they just get access to that new bonus as an existing student. So everyone wins in that sense where I'm not slashing my prices and people do have a reason to join now. They get this bonus and I'm not, you know, having to set my current students. Most of these videos you created as reels, is that correct? Most of them. This particular one was actually a YouTube video that we reformatted into what was IGTV format at that time, which is now just called Instagram video. So it was a portrait video that played for about 10 minutes in my feed. So these educational videos and mindset reframe videos and others that you're about to mention, when you create a reel, those aren't necessarily going to your existing fan base, right? Those are going out to people that may not know who you are, right? So why is that part of your pre-promo? Because pre-promo is when you want to actually build your audience. As much as you want to warm up your current audience and get them in the right mindset for what you're about to launch or promote, it's also a fantastic time to build up your new audience. So by creating reels, for example, I have a good chance of getting on the explore page, especially if that reel takes off with my audience. I know the algorithm will show it to other people who might like my content. So what's funny is promotions are a lot of work and they do put you in this heightened sense of visibility, but I always grow during promotions. My audience grows. My reach grows according to my Instagram statistics. Yes, I lose followers. Yes, I lose subscribers, but the growth always outweighs the loss. So I avoided promotions for a long time, Mike. I'm not going to lie. It wasn't my strength for a long time. But now I see when I channel my energy to step up to the plate for those few weeks of promotion and I have this added visibility to my name, my face, my brand, it serves my business in many, many great ways, even long after the promotion ends. Was there anything else you wanted to mention about the kinds of content you're creating in these six weeks of lead up? Yes. Okay, go ahead. Yes, a few more ideas. So we talked about myths and beliefs. So for example, I outlined six reasons in a reel why Black Friday promotion helps and doesn't hurt your business. So that was again around new beliefs that I wanted to give my audience. And then this one, the last one, don't forget about it. Be sure to create pre-promotional content that's just for fun and relatability, okay? So that's where you might use a trending song or a trending audio. There was one reel that I made where I was hopping around my office to a Black Eyed Peas song. I was hopping to the beat. And every time I hopped, I put on screen something that I needed to create for my Black Friday sale. So I was showing people, you know, there's a lot of prep that goes into a Black Friday sale. You need your bonus, you need your giveaways, you need your graphics, your sales page, your emails. And then I included real things like I also need my coffee and my chocolate in my messy office. So I wanted people to know that, you know, I'm working on this, but I don't have all my 
ish together, basically. So don't be afraid to have fun and show the real side of things. You know, there was another reel that I did where I shared five random facts about myself in this pre-promo period because, like I mentioned earlier, I was getting additional visibility because of my pre-sale or pre-promo content. So it really worked out for the best. Now, when you're in the pre-promo stage, is everything you're doing reels or are you also doing stories and are you also doing Instagram videos and, you know, images and all that fun stuff as well? Yeah, I kind of have a hierarchy based on how we saw my insights go over the 2021 year. I actually did a YouTube video on this where I take people behind the scenes of my Instagram insights, which kind of makes you feel like you're going naked online. Like taking someone in behind your account is a little daunting. But when I filmed that video, I even had some aha moments for myself when I looked at the reach of my account based on content types, my reach from reels was way, way bigger than any other type of content. So then I realized, why am I stressing about making stories every day when I could just make one reel and I'm going to get way more reach with that one reel? So that's the hierarchy that I now have is you know, depending on my bandwidth and my time for that day, the first priority type of content I'll make, especially for pre-promo, is a reel. Second to that, I will make a carousel post. They are a lot more work and effort, but they can be really good if you nail it and a lot of people save and share it. Are you doing on your carousels, are you taking the same kind of message that you did in the reel, but you're putting it on series of images? Is that the idea? Exactly. Okay. And you have more room in carousel posts to go deeper. So you can share more information on the 10 slide options that you have. So if people have questions from a five or 10 second reel that you make, that is the light bulb going off and telling you, hey, you should share another type of content like a carousel post and go deeper on that one. So I will, like I said, post a reel. If I have time, me and my team will put together a carousel post. And then third in the hierarchy is stories. Stories are kind of second nature to me. So I don't find it too challenging to do them. But if I'm stressing about my time, I am going to make a reel over a story because I know my reach is way more impactful than my stories. Do you recommend creating a highlight for your promo so people can look at your past stories on the topic or do you not necessarily do that? I think it's called a highlight, whatever they call that, you know, that. Yeah. Yeah. That's not a bad idea. Actually, I don't really have a great highlight strategy myself. I basically just share my travel content, but that's not a bad idea if you've invested and you've created a lot of stories, especially around what we talked about, mindset reframes and myths and beliefs. If you want people to continue to see that story after it's expired, save it as a highlight while your promotion is running. And then once your promotion is ended, it might be a good idea to remove that highlight just so people aren't looking for that deal that you're offering. Talk to me about the actual promo period. So we've got this, what did you say? Six weeks is approximately how much before the actual promo period you're doing all this work and then you're in the promo period, right? How is your content different when you're in that period? So this is where your content gets more focused around selling. And this is often where business owners pull back because they don't want to be salesy. And it's true. Instagram followers don't follow accounts to be sold to, but There is a time and place to get your offer out there, to get your promotion seen. And this is it. Because you have just given your audience six weeks of free, valuable content, don't shy away now. So the very first type of promotional content I will post to my feed is what I call an announcement post. Just a post. Now it could be an image, a reel, 
whatever you prefer, but it's just very literally a post that explains what your offer is. You know, what is it? Maybe you want to have a product mock-up in one of your images to give people a visual, but be explicit in your caption. Say what it is, who it's for, and why this offer is unlike anything else out there. Because you know your audience is going to shop around. They're going to be wondering that question anyway. You probably answered that question in your market research. So put it out there. Spell it out for people. So that's an announcement post. I know it sounds obvious, but people forget to do it. And I would imagine you want to get them off platform too. So you must have some sort of like a link tree kind of thing going on where you tell them where to go or how do you do that exactly? Yeah, there's a couple options when your launch is out there, when your promotion's out there. So you can definitely change your link in your bio and make sure it's leading to the sales page or the signup page. You can share the link in your caption. Just know that it's not clickable. So it's going to have to be a short and sweet link that people can type in. But even better than that, instead of trying to drive people to a link via a caption, what I like to do is in the caption, give them a code. So I'll say, comment below... XYZ, and I'll personally DM you the link, right? Okay. So you can make up the code to be whatever you want it to be. And you're using an automation solution to help with that, or are you doing that manually? This is manually. Okay. Yeah. So what we'll do is we'll monitor all the comments. And if whoever shared that code in the comment, and it could be like three red Apple emojis, doesn't matter. You can have fun with it. But whoever shared that comment, we will then go to their profile and send them a personalized message as much as we can. We'll check out their profile, you know, want to establish some rapport, but we'll also share the link with them that way. So I prefer that for captions. It, It takes more effort. I like that, actually, because I would imagine that allows you to nurture that relationship with that prospect, right? And answer any questions they have, right? Exactly. I just find it's too passive today to expect people to go to your link in the bio. Like people want to hang out on Instagram. So if you make it easy for them to drop three red Apple emojis in your comment and you do the work of following up, then they're more likely to engage with you back. You know, you have a private DM thread with them. You've sent them a link. You can send them a voice note. You can send them a video. The DMs are where sales happen for sure. Well, plus you got the social proof of a whole bunch of those emojis in the comments and everybody's like, oh, look at all these people doing that. Maybe I should do it too, right? (laughs) Totally. And I've used this strategy for things like, hey, here's a, you know, a 10 second snippet of my newest YouTube video. If you want the full link, comment, send me the video below and I'll DM you the link. We did this for a caption and like six months after we posted the caption, we were still getting people saying, DM me the link, Elise. And we actually had to remove it for the caption because we just couldn't keep up with it. So it is a pretty effective strategy. Okay. Beyond the announcement post, what else do you do when you're in the promo stage? Okay. So this is where I highlight and act out the pain points that I know my audience is feeling. So for example, when it came to my social bank launch last July, what I did was in a reel, I acted out the before and after of how a marketer can feel when posting to Instagram. AKA, I wanted my audience to know I get it. So in the before version, I was you know, walking around stressed, panicking, my hands are on my head, I feel like I'm wasting my time. And then I cut that with the after effects, feeling calm, collected. And that's because you have social bank 
and my method called the seasons method in place, basically. So that was me addressing the pain point. And there's a couple ways you can address the pain points. That was one idea. Another pain point post was where I filmed a reel of all the things I was saying no to. Again, I was also going through burnout, so I was saying no to everything. But I filmed a reel of all the things I was saying no to, aka all the pains that I and my audience have. And again, I wanted to connect with my follower that we have this mutual pain. We both feel overwhelmed about social media. And then in the caption, of course, I connected it to how my product can actually teach them how they can do less on Instagram, but still make more money. Got it. Yeah. Keep going. One more pain point example. This was a fun trend that was going around with a Meryl Streep voiceover. And I kind of acted out as Meryl would what a PR nightmare it can feel like when your post tanks, meaning when your post doesn't get any engagement. So there's a famous clip of Meryl Streep and her PR nightmare. So I acted that out. And then, of course, I added my advice in the caption. Because when you connect with someone around a pain point, you don't want to just leave them hanging. You don't want them to see your reel and then say, okay, but what, like now what? So you want to give them some solution to that pain. And that's usually what I use the captions for. What about when you're getting near the end of your promotional cycle? What do you do? Presuming you've got a cart closed or some sort of sale ending kind of thing, right? Like how do you get that point across? Yeah. So there's three more types of promotional content I'll make. And when I'm getting towards the end, I'm going to hyper-focus on two types. One why this offer is unique. So I'm going to drive that message home because my audience is asking that question anyway. So I'm going to lay it out there for them. And then the second type of content is Q&As. So it could just be an innocuous question that's holding them back. I want to make sure that I'm answering that. And then I mentioned there's three types of content left. The last one, which would kind of be in the middle of my promotional sequence, this would be tips and information. So for example, I mentioned... Social Bank, my course, uses a method called the Seasons Method. Well, I made a carousel post to explain what exactly the Seasons Method is and why it's in the program and why they should care. So that was one tip, some free information that I gave them. And then I created a second tip-based post where now that they're familiar with the Seasons Method, I shared which features of Instagram to focus on depending on the season of business. So that one actually did really well because people were able to connect the theory of a method to how they can actually use the platform. Are you also using stories at this point or are you not? I'm just curious. Absolutely. During a launch, during a promotion, my team and I are all hands on deck because it almost feels like the hard part's over at that point. We've done the pre-launch period, the sales page is up. We've got my team answering questions. When the sale is on, when the promotion's on, I like to be all hands on deck and just be making content to answer questions and to be visible. So if you're feeling stretched, if your bandwidth is tight, the easiest thing you can do with stories is simply, you know, share your reel to your stories or share your carousel post to your stories. But one of my favorite, favorite things when you are running a promotion, especially for Instagram, is to go live. So go live. And just like I mentioned and what you had asked about, Mike, what are you sharing towards the end? Go live and talk about why your offer is unique. Why is it different from anything else out there? Go live a second time and answer common questions that you're getting. And you can even take questions from your audience if anyone is live with you. If they're not, don't stress about it because the power of going live today is that after your live is done, 
it's going to be saved as a replay on your video feed, on your profile. So that's something that we did too in our last promotion was going live, answering common questions. Of course, you want to pre-plan a few as well in advance and make sure that if there's anything holding someone back, you are addressing it. Well, I would imagine if you have a team, it'd be great to go live with a fellow team member and they can have a couple of questions in advance and then they could be monitoring the chat while you're actually answering the questions, right? And they could be right up there on the screen with you. What are your thoughts on that? Do you do that? Definitely. I actually, in my last launch, I went live with a student of mine who helped me design the course. So that was a little next level. It was a little meta because she was a student, but she also helped me build the course from the ground up. But that's something you can absolutely do too, is talk to a customer of yours, talk to a client, bring them online with you, bring them live and ask them questions about their experience through your offer. What results do they get? So you can definitely bring on people. In fact, Instagram will let you go live with up to three guests at this point. So it's a great strategy if you have the time and bandwidth to organize it in advance. So when we are done promoting something and we're in this cycle of the gaps that you talked about earlier, right? The gaps that you want to leave open. What do you do? What kinds of content are you creating when you're in between, if you will? Mm -hmm. So this is, again, because I'm not the strongest planner and I don't plan every week out to be exactly, you know, to a T. This is when I tap into how am I feeling? What am I struggling with? Because chances are my audience is struggling with it as well. And we will also look at the common questions that we're receiving at that time. So when there's a moment in your content calendar where you don't know what to post, it's a really good time to stop, reflect, share something that you're going through, and maybe it can help your audience too. And if that's not relevant, just answer common questions that you're getting today, right? Because this is what's keeping people up at night. And in fact, I even asked my team today, I said, you know, when I burned out and I basically walked away from the launch and I let you take over. How did you know what to post? What content did you come up with? And they said, the first thing we did was look at the common questions we were getting. And we have pre-made assets in Canva. They have my brand photos. So they were able to use templates that we had already made for them to create memes and GIFs and carousel posts. So things that didn't require me to show up for I didn't have to film anything new. They just took a photo of myself and they made a a GIF and they made a meme and they made a carousel post. So it was twofold, really. They looked at what the audience was asking, what questions they were getting, and then they used the assets that they already had that didn't involve me whatsoever. And in fact, my team had a lot of fun just taking over my Instagram because they knew they couldn't rely on me to show up on camera. What they did was they created quizzes and they ran them through my Instagram stories. So they opened up the stories and they said, hey, do you want to play a game? They used the poll sticker, yes or no. This is tapping into the fact that people love sharing their opinion. People love giving their two cents. So they gamified it. And with this quiz series, they would just ask questions like, how many Instagram followers do you think you need to make money? Or how many Instagram users are there today? Or what's the most popular demographic of Instagram? So they basically researched some facts about Instagram and pulled them together into a quiz that they ran through my stories. And then they would show up the votes and then eventually they would reveal the answer. Is that kind of how it worked? Yeah. Like when you were playing along, if you answered correctly, the quiz sticker would give you a green check mark. And if you're incorrect, you would see the answer. Ah, uh, cool. 
So it was a bit of a game show. And then when in doubt, if they didn't know what else to post, they did default to humor. So looking at our Canva template where we can create memes and GIFs. So any type of humor-based post by creating a meme or a gift, that's what they would create. So that was their take on it. And honestly, they did a fantastic job. I think as CEOs or anyone who manages a team, it really is an amazing experience and a great test for everyone to just step back for a week. Let your team step up to the plate because I think they know more than what you might realize, right? Yeah. And just allowing them to have creative freedom, for them to know that I wasn't going to be meddling in their ideas, they had so much fun just running with it. So that's something that I took away from that experience. And again, just being okay with not having a fully structured plan all the time. Yes, we block out time in our calendar to brainstorm, to ideate. And I think that's important. I think we need to be able to be free and creative. I know as the person who shows up for the brand, as the face of the brand, my energy is so much better when I'm in the flow of a new idea. And my energy is what people pick up on when they're looking at my reels, right? If I'm having fun filming something, they're going to feel it way more than if I'm just like robotically going through the motion. So that's a really key thing that I learned as well. And for anyone else who is the quote face of their brand, your energy is the most important thing. You need to tap into what makes you feel good, what makes you feel ready to film, ready to put yourself out there, because that energy is what people are feeling. And I do believe it makes a big difference in your views, your shares, and your virality. At least when we were preparing for this interview, we talked about when you're not doing any promotions and you've got this lull period that you've got these daily themes. I wanted you to talk about that a little bit, if you could. Yeah. So this is something that we have tried to stick with over the last few years. I'll be totally honest. We've created these themes and what they are is kind of um. When you don't know what to post, you default to what these predetermined themes are. So for example, your Monday could be deemed motivational Monday, right? Maybe you'll post something that's motivational, a quote. Maybe it could be a student feature or a client feature. And maybe that's motivational to your audience to see someone else have success through your product or your service. So Tuesday could be tips. Right. I mentioned sharing tips, especially in your promotional period. You want to teach people, inform them, give away free content, give them those aha moments. So this, again, could be a carousel post. It could be a quote card. It could be a screenshot of a tweet. You know, your team could go through your tweets, take a screenshot, turn that into a post for your Instagram feed. So that could be your Tuesday theme. And again, this is just a default backup plan for when you don't know what to post. Wednesdays could be something like work with me Wednesdays. Maybe you take them behind the scenes of something you do in your business. Maybe you show them a tip from your office setup. Maybe you show them a tool that you love, anything like that. Thursdays, and I'm just spitballing now, but Thursdays could be like team Thursdays. Maybe you feature someone from your team or maybe someone from your team takes over your account. That could be fun. That's cool. I like that. Yeah. Then you don't, you get a break. And Friday is fun, right? I'm just throwing Exactly. <laughs> Friday is fun. That's when you share your funny TikTok or reel where you jumped on a trend and you're just showing up as a real person. What I love about this theme is that you could batch a bunch of these, couldn't you? If you wanted to, you could 
take the fun Friday ones and you could record a whole bunch of them in advance and then you've got a nice schedule. I don't know. What do you think? Absolutely. Oh, I love batching reels. I have a whole system. We use a tool called Asana. It's a project management system. Yeah, we do too. And we have a whole system. I love it. It's free, I think. But my team will go through TikTok and Reels. This is literally in their schedule. They'll scroll through the apps and they'll find trends and then they'll put them in Asana and then they'll even adapt the trend for me. So they'll say, hey, Elise, here's the audio. Here's the concept of what the trend is. And here's how you can act it out. And here's the text that you can put on screen so that it's adapted to your audience. So I have a film session blocked every Friday in my calendar where I aim to film five to 10 reels at a time based on the research that they've done effectively. That's so cool. Yeah, I don't do it every week. If you look at my Instagram, I'm not that consistent. But when I do it, it's amazing because it really just takes an hour of my time to film and we got, you know, this content batched and ready to go for those times where I just don't feel like showing up. So it's a great strategy. Elise, where can people discover more about you and find your Instagram and all that fun stuff? Because this has been amazing. And I know they're going to want to go check out all the things that you're doing. Where do you want to send them? Well, thanks, Mike. I am a fellow YouTuber, just like Social Media Examiner. So you can find me on YouTube at Elise Dharma, D-A-R-M-A. You can find me on Instagram at Elise Dharma. And then, of course, you can check out my website, EliseDharma.com. So I'm everywhere, everywhere to be connected with. Elise, thank you so much for giving us all your amazing wisdom. I know that so many people are going to be tagging you. Folks, tag Elise and me. I'm at Stelzner on Instagram. Let us know what you thought about this show. Elise, thank you so much for sharing all your ideas. Absolutely. And I hope this does help people, especially if they're a little more like me, where they're not as structured or they struggle with structure and planning. I hope this makes you feel like you have permission to breathe and have fun and build in flexibility to your day-to-day content plan as well. Hey, if you missed anything, we took all the notes for you over at socialmediaexaminer.com slash 498. If you're new to the show, be sure to follow us. If you've been a longtime listener, let your friends know about this show, please. I am at Stelzner on Instagram. This brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you next week. I hope you make the best out of your day and may social media continue to change your world. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. Hey, just a quick reminder, join the Social Media Marketing Society today and level up your marketing for your company or your clients. Visit smmarketingsociety.com to find out more.